Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, young and old, to one and all in the Spotlight Connecticut audience. So glad to be here just two days away from Christmas 2023. I personally cannot believe it. The year has flown by, and I know that's cliche to say, and I know that everybody says that to some degree, and I think I've already said it this season, but it is true. And with that special feeling in the air, that special feeling of Christmas, now I'm quoting songs, I don't know what I'm doing, I wanted to do something different for Spotlight Connecticut. Rather than interviewing somebody I don't know, rather than trying to find some event that's happening, I wanted to really get personal. Because Christmas is about sharing time with loved ones. It's about sharing stories with one another. It's about talking about a heritage. It's about being prideful of who we are and where we've come from. And I have a personal friend by the name of Sean Patrick Hayes, SPH, who really embodies all of this. I thought of a number of people, a number of personal friends of mine that I could bring on the show I said, Sean, you're it. You want to do this? And he said, sure. So we've got him on the phone, my personal friend, Sean Hayes, on Spotlight Connecticut. Hi there, Sean. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Morgan. Thank you for that marvelous introduction. All of these years when you'd send me a card or whatever, you'd always make sure that at least the initial, the P, would be in there. Definitely. Where did that middle name come from? Uh... I guess my mother decided to do that for my uh, my Irish heritage. Nice and proud. Like me, I'm a Cunningham. That's right. Although my mother's the Italian, and she would always say, don't let that Cunningham name fool you. <laughs> uh. Sean, you know, here it is, Christmas 2023, and I remember the first time I met you, it was the holiday season for the most part, of 2017, six years later, and still going strong as friends. In fact, you called me your little brother. Absolutely. You were at a point in your life where you were rebuilding. I think that's a good word. Would you agree? It definitely rebuilding. One career to the next and one lifestyle to another. Maybe we'll dig into that this hour a little bit. But I want to go back first to when you were a little kid. What do you remember about Christmas? Oh, man. You know, the memories, it's almost like you live off of memory and you try to hold those memories and relive them Christmas after Christmas. Uh, You know, I I can honestly say that one of the first things as far as Christmas memories go is uh, uh, snow. There There was always snow. Yeah. It was always a white Christmas? Always, always. Maybe a year or two there when it wasn't a white Christmas, and my mom would tell me uh, Santa would have to come by helicopter. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's Um, cute. I remember one year, I couldn't have been more than five years old, my uncle on my mom's side, he used to dress up as Santa Claus, and he came to my house on Christmas morning, and I really thought... (laughs) I really thought. You thought he was the one? Absolutely. And he brought presents. Because he's also my godfather, you know, so a little more of a bondage there. And um, Makes sense. I wanted to leave with him. And I asked him where his sleigh and reindeer were, and he told me that they were at my grandparents' house. And I put up the biggest temper tantrum ever 
because I couldn't read what it said. So, you know, years later, you know, you come to find out that was just, you know, it was Uncle Michael. I'm just picturing you, you know, little five-year-old Sean here. Oh, I remember the present I opened up to. It was a little remote-controlled dune buggy. And back in those days, some of the remote-controlled cars were wireless, and the one I got was wired, so it didn't have a long range, let's just say. This is in the 80s, correct? Yes, yep. Does it feel like it was just yesterday? Yeah, I can relive it like it was just yesterday, Morgan. I'm Morgan Cunningham at Spotlight Connecticut, and we're chatting with one of my personal friends. Sean Hayes is his name. Sean, crazy how the years go. Well, everything nowadays is all high-tech, and, you know, there's no more Christmas cheer anymore. Everyone was just happy around this time of year, you know. The stores were packed, and there were people everywhere, you know, just walking around downtown, going to store to store, and... You just don't really see that anymore. Downtown New Britain, right? Downtown New Britain. I, I remember downtown Hartford, the old G. Fox building, had the biggest Christmas display in the front windows of their department store. West Farms Mall. I remember one year for Christmas, we were at the Naugatuck Valley Mall in Waterbury, which is on Wilkett Road. I don't know if anyone remembers that mall. No. But it was a small one-floor mall. They had a Sears on one end, and I remember I was there with my mom, and it was Christmas Eve, early Christmas Eve, and I just remember looking at the Christmas tree in front of Sears, and I remember asking Santa for a fire truck day. I just remember, I don't remember if I got the fire truck, and I, maybe I did, and I, I was, again, young. Now, Christmas Eve, we went to my father's side of the family, and they, they, they were out and about until 2, 3 in the morning. But I left early with my mom because we'd go with my grandfather to midnight mass every year. Everything that you're kind of bringing up here, these are memories that today's kids probably don't get to experience for themselves. I just no. want to go back for a moment. You're talking about malls, and there are still some malls that are popular and busy. I mean, I was at West Farms the other day, and it was crowded. But for the most part, you've got a lot of online shopping happening. You and I actually went to a mall around Christmas time a few years ago when you we we ran into that very angry Santa. We don't have to repeat we don't have to repeat what was said, but he was one angry Santa Claus. He really was. I, I don't think he liked his job too well that year. No, no, he didn't. And um and but what I noticed there weren't a ton of kids there, and that was in Massachusetts. Um what what was it? The Eastfield Mall? The Eastfield Mall, which is now um almost a hundred per well. It's about 80% demolished right now. Wow. And that's only a few years ago that that we were there, and it wasn't very busy. You also mentioned Midnight Mass, Sean. You could still go to Midnight Mass, but many churches don't hold it at midnight anymore. They hold it at 3 in the afternoon. Right. The turn that this uh, land we live on has taken, it's like kind of swept under the rug, so to speak. Like it's hair, but it's not really hair. Yeah. You know, what hasn't seemed to fade is family. People still value family around the major holidays, like Christmas. Even if the families don't entirely get along, of course there are situations where you have estrangement or loss of a loved one. But for the most part, I feel that people do get together still around the holidays with family and close loved ones. That's more valuable than any present anyone can ever receive. On Christmas, 
I mean, picture this, if you will, just your house full of family, everyone together. It's Christmas Eve. Everyone's eating dinner together, drinking coffee, you know, maybe have a beer or whatever it is. But it's just family that, you know, is still there for you. Well, not necessarily still there for you, but still there with you. That that's where the memory comes from. Other than maybe a handful of items, I couldn't recall what I got as a kid for Christmas. One of my favorite songs is um, "Forgive Me for Not Knowing the Artist." I want to say Gene Autry, but I don't. I don't know if it's Gene Autry. You know the song "No Place Like Home for the Holidays." Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's been done by many, but I'm pretty sure you're referring to the Perry Como version. I think the Larry the lyrics go. You know, he met a man from Pennsylvania who was traveling down to Tennessee, from Atlantic to Pacific, the traffic is terrific. And it's like, I would love to have people, family, friends, your family, if you were in Seattle, coming home for the holidays, you know, that, 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 that has a special bearing. That's special. Let's have Perry Como tell the story of being home for the holidays. I'm Morgan Cunningham. It's WTIC News Talk 1080. Perry Como, as my friend Sean Patrick Hayes brought up, nothing like being home for the holidays. Make sure you give me a follow on social media when you get a chance. Facebook, Instagram, X, formerly known as Twitter. You can find me there on the handle at MC News Talk. That's at MC News Talk, Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, and now on Instagram as well. I'm Morgan Cunningham at Spotlight Connecticut, the Merry Christmas 2023 edition. And we will continue with more tales from Sean, some songs as well on WTIC. This is WTIC in Hartford. You can listen back to Spotlight Connecticut. Download the free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or visit WTIC.com. Look under podcasts and click on Spotlight Connecticut. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. I'm Morgan Cunningham at Spotlight Connecticut, and this week... We're marking Christmas, which is just moments away. It's just right around the corner with one of my personal friends, Sean Hayes. He's a pretty deep fella, and we'll get deeper as the hour goes on here. But we're just sharing some memories of Christmas. I'm picking his brain on how he has seen Christmas change in his lifetime, and he's 40. Sean, as you know, I stopped by your house this past weekend, and there was a movie on. And I've seen you watch this movie before at Christmas time. This is going to sound strange. And maybe earlier generations that listen to your show will, would be able to relate. But uh, I always hear of my grandparents and what it was like in the 50s and 40s and things like that. And Christmas time. And, 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 it, and the only way I can relate to that and feel that feeling of what it was really like living in this country during that era is watching a Christmas story. I mean, if you look beyond the BB gun, there's a lot to that. Hey, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Yeah. So other than the BB gun, and he wants to grow up and be a big boy and play with the BB gun, and the dad gets it for him, okay, what is another takeaway from that movie? Uh, And also other than the sexy lamp. So what's the other takeaway? Just a kid preparing for Christmas. You knew it was coming, but... You know, life was still going on, still going to school, but it was on its way. And that whole feeling of everything leading up to 
Christmas Eve was just, that, that was a great feeling as a kid. I mean, imagine my kids are in school right now. They just got, you know, they just got out. Everyone's, hopefully, I can only hope that the kids these days are feeling the same way that little Ralphie was in those days. And even myself, you know, leading up to Christmas. But then again, you know, back in those days and even my days, I don't know about your time. Again, decade to decade to decade. I still had Christmas decorations in the classroom. I was at the tail end of that when I was a little kid. It was transitioning from you can say Merry Christmas to you can't say Merry Christmas. Okay, see. Many years later, I learned, and straight from the horse's mouth, the music teacher, that they weren't allowed to pick songs for the winter holiday show. That's what they called it. Because... They would say Merry Christmas or whatever, so you had to do things that were more seasonal but didn't make direct remark about one particular holiday over the other. Right. So you can progressively see the changing as time goes on, and then before you know it, it's like a candle, and the flame goes out. Poof, where's Christmas? It's not a thing anymore. Just for the record, I don't have a problem with saying Happy Holidays because it's not just about Christmas, but also New Year's and also oh, Hanukkah, Hanukkah and all of the other celebrations that people have. Yeah, so I don't have a problem with being inclusive in that way. But if I know that somebody celebrates Christmas, I'll certainly say Merry Christmas. Right, even Kwanzaa. Don't forget that there are people who don't celebrate either, but they enjoy the season nonetheless. I know that, that right. sounds odd that they enjoy it if they don't celebrate it, but that's true. There are well, folks out there who are atheist it, or just disinterested. You can use that in comparison to playing Jingle Bells versus Silent Night. Well, one's religious, and that's what the season or the, the, the day is truly about. But the ones who really don't celebrate it for that reason, but the season of it, then you have a song like Jingle Bells, you know? Where it's fun and seasonal, but doesn't directly correlate with one holiday or the other. Right. And I absolutely love a Charlie Brown Christmas. Absolutely love it. That's a great one. I watch it once a year with my parents. Because the opening scene when they're ice skating, my park back home in New Britain, Stanley Quarter Park, well before Christmas, there was snow everywhere, and that pond was frozen up, and everyone was out there ice skating. So when I see the opening scene of A Charlie Brown Christmas, I see everyone at Stanley Quarter Park in New Britain ice skating. We need to take a break, Sean, and we'll do so with my favorite version of Oh Holy Night, since you mentioned it. It's The Letterman taking us into the break on WTIC News Talk 1080. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. I'm Morgan Cunningham at Spotlight Connecticut, and welcome back as we continue on with the Merry Christmas edition. Yes, playing some full songs. How about that? The Little Drummer Boy by the Harry Simeone Chorale. As we continue our conversation with my friend, Sean Patrick Hayes. We were talking about ice skating, Sean, and your memories of doing so in New Britain. And I had mentioned earlier in the program, I don't remember many white Christmases. I think the last one I saw was in 2018 before I left uh, left the radio station. Right. It, let's talk about that for a second, Sean. Mm -hmm. because when you worked for us at the radio station, you liked radio, but it wasn't quite for you, and you'll admit that. But you were trying to transition with your family, and you wanted to find the right path forward, and you thought maybe radio was it, but you ultimately found out that it wasn't quite your calling. And so I really am proud of you, 
and I want to say it publicly because in life people do things that they have to do, not necessarily because they want to do. And in life, you have to. You have to. But in life, there are also times where you have to try something to know that it's not for you and you have another calling. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I remember um, a story from one of my college professors, and granted, real life isn't college necessarily, but one of my college professors had told the story about how somebody was in their major for two years, and they did an internship, and they found out that they hated that kind of work once they went to do it, and so they changed course, and it wasn't too late. It's never too late. That's the lesson of that story. And for you, you were in your 30s, and you had a family to worry about, so you were doing what you had to do, but it wasn't too late to find out what you wanted to do. I lost my mother in 2001. I'm a strong advocate for domestic violence. And I was very lost because of the, you know, the way she left us, the way she left the world, and the manner of which that happened. It was all of a sudden. It was very tragic. And I was still a teenager. I mean, 18, going on 19. I hadn't had a, a real taste of the world yet because I was oh I was very close to my mother I was left with the world in front of me and I started living apartment to apartment meeting girls and had an apartment staying with them and and I, I decided so like, you know what my great uncle was a truck driver I decided in 2005 I said I'm gonna start driving trucks and I did got my CDL, commercial driver's license, and um, I went to work right away. Back then in 2005, my first truck driving job, I was hauling scrap metal around Connecticut. I, got, I went from working at, for $7 an hour to $13 an hour, and I thought I hit the jackpot. Well, that's a big jump in those days, too. Good money back then, absolutely. And I remember my first check was almost $570, and I said, oh, my goodness. This is the best thing that ever happened to me. And I met my wife November of that year. And we got off to a slow start. It wasn't anything serious. And then the time goes by and I'm still living with her and things are going really good. And I make mistakes. And I, I call them mistakes because you don't know. Unfortunately, you don't learn the lesson until after you make the mistake, right? Absolutely. You have to make, have to make the mistake first, which is fine. Everyone does it. It's called learning. It's called and life. It's, and human nature, absolutely. It wasn't until 2011. I said, man, I'm done. I, uh, no more drinking, no more experimenting with... I have kids. My kids were starting to come into the picture. There was two out of three. In 2013, my daughter came along. And I was, I was already done. You know, all that was all behind me. And, and I, I fell victim to injuries, which I can't really get into details about. But, but that suffices. You were injured. Right. And I, I was out of work for six years and uh, I, I found myself and my family living in Waterbury. I loved Waterbury. I think Waterbury is a great place, you know, people are friendly, but I, I wasn't living in the best of neighborhoods because I couldn't afford anything nice, rats and things like that in the house. And, and I, I didn't know what to do. I was offered a chance to go back to school to learn another trade. I didn't think I was going back to truck driving. And I, I, my wife kept telling me, you have a good voice, you have a good voice, just try it out, just try it out, whatever. That's how it starts for some people. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And to be honest with you, I, I, I didn't really put a lot of effort into it. I said, well, if this is going to help pay the bills, 
Now, mind you, I, I had already had to put myself and my family on uh, state medical and food stamps. I had no choice. I had no choice whatsoever. But I, tell, I kept telling my wife, I said, you know, as soon as we are out of this mess, I don't want it anymore. I, don't, I never wanted this to begin with because I grew up poor like that, and I didn't like it. So I get into radio. Let me just I, say, I, stop, Sean, stop. Let me just say that, and you're talking to somebody that has done radio as a career professionally, and um, and I love to do it, and it's something that I always wanted to get into. And this is something that you kind of experimented with. But as somebody who just experimented with it, you, I thought, were pretty successful at it. And I appreciate that. You, I know that you'll tell me that that wasn't the case, but you really weren't that bad. You beat yourself up on it looking back, but you weren't terrible. I, I, I did it. I, I, I really did beat myself up, Morgan. You're absolutely right, because I said, I... I I don't like the sound of my own voice, number one. Number two... I, hey, I never... I've got recordings of you from back in the day. <laughs> don't make well, me you... mad. I'll share them with everybody. Feel free to. <laughs> I, I like... But that's where I learned, and especially from you. Now, you're you're young. You're, you're younger than I am, you know? A lot younger than I am. By 13 years. Decades. 13 years, and... I would take your advice, I would take your constructive criticism, and I would apply that because in my mind, every time I turn that microphone on, I said, this is going to be the last time I turn that microphone on, I'm going to get fired. I suck. I was working full-time overnight at the time, although I wasn't always full-time when I was working with you, but later on I was. You would come over after midnight or so and you'd play an excerpt of the show for me and say, hey, what do you think? What can I do? And all the whole time saying, this isn't where I'm going to end up. Not that I'm taking anything away from your career. Please don't get me wrong about that. But I just didn't want to be there. So little by little, you were planning a return to trucking. Once I found out that I was able to drive again, like trucks, that was the goal. So you ended up saving up just enough to be able to get your license back. Yes, you and your family does. moved to Litchfield County for a brief period of time. You got out of Waterbury. Now you're living in Massachusetts, and I want you to tell everybody what you're doing now, if you can. I work for the post office as a truck driver. And? I'm studying law. I am just blown away by your story, and I find it moving. I find it inspirational, and I'm not trying to get preachy here. But on this Christmas, I'm talking with my friend, my personal friend, Sean, and I'm hearing about your life going from high to low to high to low to somewhere in between at the radio station. Then, you know, getting out of that situation and, you know, you would think that being employed by the post office, doing something you like, which is trucking, would be your dream and you're telling me that you're continuing to climb that mountain and now you're going to get a law degree. I can never level off. I have to keep going to the next level and the next level. There's no end goal for me. There really isn't. I'm here, but I, now I can go here. And I want to go. I want, I want it. If, and, and I'm a firm believer that if you really want it bad enough, you're going to get it. Because your subconscious mind is going to lead you to what it is that you desire. And I'm living proof. I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I'm living proof that that stuff is for real. Do you think that your kids see this devotion in you? I know that you have younger kids. One is a teen. 
but do you think that they see this level of devotion? Do you think that they've seen this progress in you at their young age? Yes. My wife does a good job at reminding them of the sacrifices that we both had to make, because I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for my wife. Shout out to Jeanette. Yeah, absolutely. And the rest of the Gonzalez family, why not? (laughs) Had it not been for her, and continuously, because this is still happening now, she's the catapult to my success. I take her criticism over anyone because of... And she'll let you have it, too. And if it doesn't work for my best friend, the only one that I know, the one that I share my deepest secrets with, then it's not going to work for me. I'm Morgan Cunningham. It's Spotlight Connecticut. Fascinating story from Sean, and I'm glad I could get him to open up. I don't know if he'd do that for just anybody, but it really is a moving story and an inspirational one as we go through this Christmas weekend. I'm Morgan Cunningham on Spotlight Connecticut. More with Sean and some more music on the way. This is WTIC in Hartford. Proof that Spotlight Connecticut has the best fans. Hi, I'm Carol Chappelle from Ellington. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Like I said, I'm moved by hearing your story, Sean. And if there is somebody out in this audience who's going through a period of, as I referred to it a while back, rebuilding the way that you have been doing, and as you say, you're just constantly doing, what would your advice be to that person? I'm going to try to not be so complex, but the simplest way I could put it is you're only living for right now. Tomorrow is not here, and everything is only happening right now, and it can only get better by you doing it yourself. You can't expect it to fall on your lap. You can't expect someone to do it for you. Just have to remain positive and optimistic about the situation you're in now. Cannot worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's not here. Today's worries are sufficient enough for itself. Just so people in the audience know, this is really how you talk when you get philosophical. It's true. <laughs> it, it is. You're not, you it didn't is. prepare that. I've been hearing this for years. <laughs> I, I try to give you the same advice you know it's it, it's it, it really is true i i've had to do a lot of studying on my own and, and learn that for myself because we want things to happen now but you have to remain op- optimistic is is key you have to be very optimistic about everything once you put on a pessimistic attitude all all, all bets are off the table and it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but it, it, it is very difficult. But you will persevere. This is one of those things where the grass is greener on the other side when you're in a bad spot in life. And I really, I really feel and and relate to people who are alone on Christmas, people who have no nowhere to go, people who are are in nursing homes. I, I, I I've been in nursing homes i've delivered i I've brought communion to some of the people in nursing homes and i just my grandmother I, I, was in a nursing home broke my heart i know that feeling of not having that whole family and christmas with the family and christmas at home and home for the holiday feeling and my heart goes out to them this might relate to why you like blue christmas now well, it brings back a lot of memories of my grandmother that was her song to my grandfather you know Well, how about I play it on Spotlight Connecticut? What do you say? I say yes. Sean, Merry Christmas. I'll see you soon, if not sooner. Thank you, Morgan. Merry Christmas to you as well. 
and Merry Christmas to Mom and Dad. It's the King. Elvis Presley and Blue Christmas as we wrap up the Spotlight Connecticut Christmas 2023 special. And a big thank you to my friend, Sean Hayes, who came on, really got deep, told his life story, shared memories and perspectives on Christmas of old, of present, and some thoughts about Christmas future as well. We'll be back next week for our annual New Year's show, and I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. I'm Morgan Cunningham on WTIC. Goodbye. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080.